Hello and welcome to episode three of the highs and lows of NFTs. If you've listened to either of our first two episodes, again, thank you. If you're new to our podcast, this mini-series is focused on interviewing prominent figures in the NFT space to understand more about their personal journey into NFTs, how they stay sane in a fast-moving world, and what continues to excite them about the space. In episode three, I was fortunate enough to sit down with Somi Aryan, a prominent author, entrepreneur, and founder who is building FemPeak, a learning platform that strives to connect all individuals to educational content and industry experts across business, technology, blockchain, Web3, NFTs, and much more. Selfishly, I'm very excited to hear Somi talk from a completely different perspective. Buckle up and let's jump in. Somi, I'm so excited to be talking with you today. I'm ready to learn more about you and your journey, FemPeak, and just talk about the space in general when it comes to where we are with Web3. So let's start with the question of the day is what pushed you to start FemPeak? Yeah, sure, definitely. So um, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, FemPeak started out as a uh, think tank for women in business and technology initially. So when I first started it, it was focused on women. And uh, now we are changing the name. We are expanding. We will be open to everybody. Uh, you know, we are um, women-led and for everyone. And the reason why we're doing that several severalfold. One is that um, from a uh, business point of view, it's extremely limiting uh, focusing on women. Women are not yet ready to jump uh, into the Web3 space, into emerging technologies fully. And even when they are there, they would really benefit from having a wider community to interact with and, and network with. So it's very limiting for them to only be exposed to other women. Uh, the other uh, thing is that we have got incredible uh, speakers and, and educators, that we don't want them to be seen only as um, experts by other women. We want them to be seen as experts by everybody. So in retrospect, you know, when we first started, we thought that it would be nice to build this kind of space for women. I admit that I was probably not entirely uh, right in, in that approach. You know, it was a, um, it was a test, uh, you know, it's like any other um, enterprise you know, entrepreneurship, it's about testing and, and practicing and kind of like until you get uh, to the right kind of product market fit and the right uh, audience. So we started attracting people of all sorts of backgrounds. There were people that were non-binary, there were people that were men, you know, and they, they were like, I really love what you're doing and I'd love to, you know, learn and, and be part of it. So uh, in uh, over time, it became clear that uh, it, it just doesn't make sense for us to be a women-only platform in 21st century. We are uh, rebranding. FemPeak will become a sub-section uh, of the new bigger brand. As we do this podcast recording, we haven't settled on the name yet. We are testing and working on on you know this name and uh, i think it, it, i'd like to have 
possibly maybe the word allies in it, you know, something to do with, with an alliance between men and women and working together and uh, building the future of humanity, you know, the uh, learning about emerging technologies. Our uh, first NFT collection is still going to be um, women PFPs, but the second one that will be followed by that will be men PFPs. And uh, there, uh, it will be 90% men and 10% um, you know, people of uh, different backgrounds, LGBTQ, and um, essentially it will be around this whole concept of, uh, you know, building alliance between male allies and, and uh, femme peakers. The diversity and inclusion aspect of what Web3 will be in the future is really important. And you hit on uh, a key topic of trying to make and to bring in additional minorities and women into the space. Uh, you know, the space is predominantly male right now, but I do think just, you know, being able to be on this podcast with you is refreshing and getting, I'm so excited to hear just your perspectives on things because we can feel sometimes like you're in that echo chamber of your own thoughts surrounded by people that might be thinking exactly like you're thinking and a, and a way to move the industry forward is to think and bring diverse mindsets, not only diverse looking people, but diverse mindsets and how people can think differently about solving some of the problems that are out there. Um, so I'm excited to, to hear more and get your perspectives there. Thus far in building your platform, who has been your favorite industry expert to work with or get a chance to meet or interview? Uh, I think it's always good to give uh, our audience, our listeners, someone new. Um, there's been so many really interesting people that I... Um... I meet every day. Um, there is somebody that I haven't met yet, but I'm really, really looking forward to meeting him. Uh, I have a podcast interview coming up with him. Um, I'm, uh, I just listened to uh, a podcast interview with him on Bankless. I just haven't, I have not ever heard anybody so um, positive, optimistic, just like the, his his optimism, his smile was really infectious his name is let me see if i can find uh, say his surname correctly carl um okay carl floor uh floor uh i'm not sure how to say his surname because it's it sounds like a might be a dutch or i'm not entirely sure but it's like f-l-o-e-r-s-c-a i just i listened to his um, podcast uh interview on bankless and i was like Wow, this guy is just so interesting. I think um, you know uh, most of the other um, people that I have talked to. You know, they're they're generally quite similar conversations. This one was really different, and I I highly recommend people check him out. And we are gonna I'm gonna have him on my podcast in June. Another person that you know, and I'm just going by the conversations I've had uh, on my podcast and the people I've met. Another person I think I've had one of the most interesting conversations with, again, that episode has not been released yet, but probably uh, by the time people hear this will be out, is um, an interview I did uh, with a guy called Matthew Pines, who has written from the Bitcoin Policy Institute, and he's written a very, very interesting um, report on, uh, you know, on, on Bitcoin which has been very interesting. Another person I highly recommend is a gentleman called Travis Kling uh, from Ikigai. Uh, also very, very, very interesting conversations I've had. These are some of the best people I've had on the podcast and, and talked to. 
Excellent. Excited to take a look at some of the backgrounds of those individuals. Baby, let's get a little bit of your kind of personal journey into what made you start Vempeak? What what kind of pushed you over the edge to want to bring this platform of, you know, bringing the industry experts to provide education to all people? Well, the bottom line is that a formal education as we know it is not fit for purpose anymore. You know, it's uh, uh, this industry uh, and uh, technology in general is moving so fast that it doesn't really make sense to go to university to learn about these things. Um, so if you were somebody who wanted to upskill and reskill yourself, it wouldn't, you know, there's not that many places that you can go and learn these things. You know, you go on YouTube and there's a uh, vast uh, sea of uh, information and you don't know where to start from. So what I wanted to do was to build a platform that would be, uh, a point of transition for people to go from one technology to another because constantly new technologies are coming into the space. And, um, you know, today it's a blockchain and Web3. Ne- the next uh, wave of um, uh, of um, disruption is potentially going to be uh, focused on uh, and coming from Um, quantum uh, computing so there's like constantly something right so like a few years back I was talking about social media and marketing and you know millennials and and I uh, made a documentary called the millennial disruption where uh, I interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk you know and and, uh, you know people like that and we were uh, and like um, managing directors from the economist and and Marie Claire magazine and we were at the time talking about the tsunamis coming you know this this constant wave of change uh, and evolution is coming and the truth is that if people want to learn about these things, it's very, very hard um, to uh, find a place where it, you know, somebody will explain it to you in a very, very simple way exactly what is happening and how these transitions are uh, taking place. And I just feel like I have, a, I have a, a talent for being able to simplify very, very complicated stuff, uh, you know, and and then bring in experts that you know that basically when we bring in the experts i don't rely on them to talk um you know like generally about what their expertise is but more like i um curate the content in a way that i'm like can you explain about just this aspect because i'm building like you can think of it like a puzzle and i want to explain to people that are listening to say hey look let's zoom out and see which part of the puzzle we are going to be talking about right now right and that makes it so much easier and just browsing your own personal youtube your youtube show you can see videos from you know five minute introductions of what is iot what is cryptocurrency what are what is fiat currency uh what is the metaverse what are nfts so truly a new topic every three months every six months one year can be just so long in the current space so yeah that totally makes sense of trying to curate a platform designed at giving people enough information so that if they want to dig more, they're able to kind of dig into specific areas of of interests. And I think that actually takes me right into my next question. As someone who is focused on providing education to the masses, what is your advice to someone, be it a man or a woman, uh, who is new to crypto and Web3? That's such a good question. I would say that 
it uh, depends on what kind of a learner you are. Okay, so everybody learns from a different um, point of view and with a different approach. So you need to understand whether you are the kind of learner who needs to know the bigger picture before you know what every you know where every uh, block of um, information falls, or are you okay with being uh, going you know in the micro and like learning all of the bits and pieces and then eventually you know putting the big piece together? So this is this is it goes back to some degree to your self awareness. If you understand you know what kind of a learner you are, that really helps. In my case. Um, I am a big picture learner. I need to know the big picture of what is this technology trying to do? Where, where is the world is going? Uh, you know, where is uh, human society going? You know, and I actually would say I zoom out so much that I go as far back as the Big Bang. And I'm like, you know, thinking to myself, in the bigger picture of the evolutionary trend of um, uh, uh, the universe, where are we? And then uh, within that, what is technology? You know, where where are we going? You know, so, so I really want to zoom out as much as possible. And I do recommend it to people to think of it that way. But I do also recognize that not everybody um, is uh, able to interested in you know zooming out that much you know like for me I can I can look at I can sit here and talk to you about the most micro uh, levels of you know um, the, the very nitty-gritty of, of blockchain technology the different consensus mechanisms all that stuff or I can just go macro so it not everybody needs to do that. You kind of need to just generally have an understanding of, um, you know, what this technology is about. And what I normally do when I'm trying to explain this to people is that, you know, I, I explain to them that if you think about it, um, this uh, this um, internet as we know it, you know, this is, is evolving. If it doesn't evolve, it will stagnate. And, and to begin with, internet was read-only, then it became read and write with um, uh, uh, with uh, social media. It meant that you could actually post, you could you know interact with people. Initially, we had forums, then we had social media. But the problem with social media uh, and and these big tech giants that uh, control uh, the platforms that we use is that they are harvesting all that data and then they're using that data to enrich themselves. And uh, that uh, everyday people don't necessarily see any of that upside. So what Web3 is about is about sh giving you a share of the revenue, essentially, you know, giving you a, a piece of the ownership in that Internet. And that's why the, uh, the third generation of the Internet is read, write and own. And I explained to them that the absolute um, foundation of Web3 is ownership. And therefore, the gateway to a Web3 is your wallet. So I would say the first thing that you need to do, it, once you understand that, you have to learn how to create a wallet, how to use that wallet, uh, and that wallet becomes your key to Web3. And I wish that somebody had explained it to me that way when I was starting to learn about these things. Because for a very long time when I started to learn, I was like, what is blo blockchain? So where is it? Why can't I see it, right? And it was only after I created the wallet, I was like, oh, I see. Okay, so this is Web3, right? And we are very, very early days of that where you know the only way that you 
uh, interact with is your wallet. But over time, that will change and there will be new ways that we can't yet even imagine, you know, but the key is uh, ownership. It's about understanding that blockchain technology is about putting ownership in your hand and therefore creating your wallet, learning how to use your wallet is the first step. The word own certainly can sometimes get people's ears to peak. And from there, the next logical question is, well, how do I own it? And the wallet is sort of the the mainstay in how you do that right now. Um, we'll leave aside some of the onboarding challenges that ultimately there are a lot of dollars and brain power going into trying to solve some of that. So some of that will change. I expect it to fully change over time. And that will be interesting. I, I want to make sure that we do hit a little bit on this topic of women versus men I mm -hmm. as, as one, you know, who's been studying this has, has focused energies and efforts around this. I want you to educate our listeners, you know, what are, and, and I recognize it's a bit of a, a hard question. So I'll let you sort of take it, take the answer any way that you want to take it, but maybe what are some of the reasons behind some of the numbers related to men versus women who are in tech and focused on entrepreneurship. And if you could help us just understand what are a couple of the challenges and what yeah. what could help to shift some of the change as we move forward into the future? Exactly. So that's a very good question. And it's something I've spent a lot of time researching. So before I created a Fempic platform the way that as it is, uh, like I said, we started as a think tank for women in business and technology. And through that think tank, we did a lot of research for around six to nine months to figure out exactly what uh, was holding women back. And what we found out through four big conferences where we had very influential people from you know, uh, various backgrounds, from like the CEO of Bentley, you know, because we were talking about, you know, why women are not in that uh, area to like, you know, managing director of Marie Claire, you know, like we were talking about and, and people from Google, Microsoft, Apple, etc. Um, not Apple, sorry, Google, Microsoft, Amazon. And we were uh, trying to figure out, you know, what, why uh, women were being left behind. And we discovered that it comes down to six reasons. And that is a shortfall in um, confidence, tech skills, uh, financial uh, literacy, um, women's health issues, uh, entrepreneurship skills, and family and relationship support. That means that every time that we see a woman, uh, you know, starts their journey in, in their career, whether they start out, you know, really well, they go into technology, you know, uh, and, and then they don't get to the top tiers. Every time we look at why they don't get to the top tiers, it comes back to this uh, a combination of these six reasons. Most of the time, and they, they, they these things, they create a feedback loop between uh, them, uh, each other. So, for example, to give you an example of you know my personal life, I uh, was in a relationship where um, my um, partner at the time, my ex-partner, uh, didn't like uh, blockchain technology and I was so interested in it and I would like I wouldn't shut up about it I, I kept talking about it and this was around 2017-18 uh, and um, I uh, spent so much time learning about it but because of his um, uh, almost disapproval basically of uh, blockchain technology I didn't buy Bitcoin and Ethereum at that time right and it, it took me a very very long time you know basically until I broke up which was you know uh towards the end of 2019 where i was like 
uh, and then it took me another year of overcoming, you know, the, the chat, like, you know, the, the pain of that. And then I started buying and, and like, if you think about it, essentially that set me back in a very, uh, a very clear way. So if we look at what was the things that went into that was that my confidence was uh, affected because of the relationship that I was in, because uh, women have uh, are under a lot more pressure to conform. Uh, they are under a lot more pressure to, um, you know, uh, to want their partners to um, approve the uh, choices that they make, even if it's with their own money. Whereas when a man wants to make a decision, they don't care. They don't. They probably won't even consult, you know, their uh, female partner. So they uh, they just make the decision. They buy what they want to buy, and they they go and do it. Right. So. This is a very clear example. Now, in, in my case, I was lucky that I didn't have children. If I had children, that would be another uh, additional uh, factor. And then because of all of that, then you fall behind. And like, no matter how much you learn about these things, th theoretically, it's not until you actually put your money where your mouth is and you actually uh, get in and spend the money that you get the financial literacy, you know, upside of it, right? So all of these things uh, feed back into each other. And then as a result of that, because you don't make mo as much money, then you don't take as much risk. And then therefore you fall behind in, in terms of, you know, your entrepreneurship. So it comes um, down to those six reasons every time we look at it. And I said women's health issues was another one because there are so many different things, whether it's, you know, PMS, menopause, childbirth, all of these things uh, that, that affect uh, women. So, yeah, so that's the, the simple answer. It's, um, you know, now the question is, how do we overcome that? And I spent so much time trying to empower women to uh, overcome that. And the truth is, uh, it's uh, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's almost impossible until you have men on board as well. And that's part of the reason why we are you know, changing to this idea of alliance and, and building this network together. Because it doesn't matter how much you try to empower women uh, by themselves, you need the structure of society to change you know, to uh, be accommodating, to be, to understand that, for example, children is not a women's issue, it's a family issue, you know, uh, to understand that women's uh, financial literacy is as important as men's financial literacy, you know, to empower, um, you know, entrepreneurship and, and uh, since a very young age to uh, actually encourage that. Because when you, when you think about, if I tell you the word, um, if I say, a brilliant entrepreneur what do you think like it, the first image that comes into your mind is probably not going to be a woman right unless i say a brilliant female entrepreneur but but we need to change that right it, these are all of the kind of biases that have been built and you we can't change that just by women alone because one of the biggest problems that women have is that they uh, have a much harder time raising investment you know less than uh, just about two percent of all um, you know, vc money goes to women for example so less people invest in women, therefore uh, fewer women have successful exits, then, uh, you know, then that becomes a vicious cycle. I really appreciate the answer to a very challenging question to kind of completely understand. One thing that I heard there being the non-expert in this conversation that sounds like it would be incredibly important is the idea of feeling support and support from not only 
people that are really close to you, but also this concept that in Web3, that a community can really provide support. And I know, you know, as part of Fempeak that you're putting together and as a part of just NFTs in general, communities do start to form, which ultimately can help people to feel supported in some of the decisions that they're making, where we are all taking a risk in, in Web3 right now. Like you said, it's very early days. There is a lot of things that could happen. There is a lot of losing investments that are out there alongside some of the major winning investments. And so I think the idea of building community as a part of what Fempeak platform can provide is really important so that people can feel like they're able to connect with one another. Do you feel that community is 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 as important almost as what you're building as far as learning and education? Absolutely. I think actually, um, you know, if I look at the kind of emails that I receive from our members, the first thing that they always talk about, of course, the content is super helpful to them, but it's the fact that they feel really supported. And I uh, don't sugarcoat things. You know, I explain to them, I'm very, very transparent. I explain to them exactly what the challenges are. I explain to them, you know, why we are going to be changing, you know, uh, our approach and, you know, all of the reasons why uh, we think that women are um, going, you know, are, are, are uh, facing these challenges and that at the end of the day, if, if they want me to have a successful business so that I can break this cycle, there's no way we can do it with women alone. We need the whole, we need a, a bigger conversation. So um, we have a very open uh, dialogue and, uh, you know, like if we have an incredible community, people really, really support each other. I am also part of a number of other NFT communities that are really helpful. Like my favorite community is Moonbirds right now. Um, you know, I have a Moonbird and we have a, a, a Ladybird channel. I really love that. Everybody's so helpful. Everybody's so respectful. It's just a really, really nice community. Uh, there are a number of other communities that I'm, uh, you know, part of and, and uh, we are, um, you know, constantly like learning more. I, th I think that in general, in Web3, at the moment, people are very supportive of each other. And I hope that it stays like that. I think it's because we are quite small still, right? And, you know, and we all want the adoption. We want more adoption. So we, it's in our interest. The other thing is, I think this is the nature of tokenization. One of the things I always talk about, tokenization being a means of uh, aligning incentives and uh, that's so important you know whether it's nfts whether it's uh, non uh, whether it's fungible tokens or non-fungible tokens the the role of these tokens it's important that what it does uh, it, it basically brings all of the stakeholders together and it's like uh, if the value of that token increases um, because uh, the community succeeds everybody benefits right so it's it's not like a, a zero-sum game in a similar way that say web two companies would have been because you go to for example youtube everybody goes to youtube everybody creates content some people win some people don't but the house always win wins right so that uh, the house is more like a casino um and uh, whereas in web three you know let's say you look at the moonberg community you know as the value of our Moonbirds grows as our community, you know, it's like such a nice place to be. More and more people want to be in it. And, you know, that means that everybody wins.
Yeah, certainly. Tokenization, aligned incentives, and of course, value created is definitely a topic for another day. We could probably chat for a few hours on, on just those couple of things. I have a, a few more questions I want to get to. One specifically, before we jump into the Fempeak NFT collection, I'm very excited to hear about what your thoughts were for launching your own NFT. In this conversation, I think about you as an author, as an entrepreneur, as a woman in, a woman in tech, as someone who's trying to break barriers. How do you disconnect from doing what you're doing? Connect I don't. From- <laughs> <laughs> I don't disconnect. I just don't. Um, you know, I always give this. I actually, in my book, I've written, there's a, cha- a segment in my book, which is uh, called uh, life, a Work-Life Blend. Uh, and it's my answer to work-life balance. Um, and I, I give this example. I'm like, do you think that, for example, Newton... Uh, or uh, Einstein, you know, where like, okay, it's 5 p.m. I need to disconnect and I'm not thinking about E equals uh, MC square anymore. I'm going to go home and, you know, like not not think about it. I think there are people who are, uh, I'm not saying that the way that I live is the right way. You know, I always give this example of if you think about the way that uh, the, the, the universe, right? So you have you have stars and then you have planets and the stars, the stars, you know, you can think of it like the sun, like our, our sun, you know, uh, burns and it gives off energy so that the planets could, um, you know, sustain. Right. And, and then you have Earth. And I think some people are um, like the planets and some people are like the sun. And you kind of need to know where you fall. And uh, like it's my nature to be like the sun and burn and give energy because I have too much energy. I have ADHD, you know, I have too much energy and that energy needs to be used. Um, you know, it, it, you know, we all have to be spent on something, you know, like, uh, and uh, I, uh, you know, this is how I uh, express my, my being. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right um, um, way to be, but if somebody's nature is like the sun and they force themselves to be like the earth, they're not going to be happy. So it's in, in my nature to kind of like, I don't, I don't really switch off. Work is work, work is fun, and the cycle just continues is what it yes. sounds like you're saying. Yes, I, 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 the only, I would say the only thing is as long as I get enough sleep, you know, that, that's, that's, I'm happy. Yes, sleep is incredibly important. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you are focused on getting enough sleep. And I'm sure yes. there are days and weeks potentially where you do not, um, but trying to trying to make sure that that's a priority. That's why I is have this. Important. This is my aura ring. Uh, you know, it's it, it um, uh, measures my sleep every day. So first thing I check out in the morning, I'm like, what's my uh, what's my uh, sleep score? No free ads, but Aura, if you're out there, reach out to us. Yeah, exactly. Like you need to sponsor me. I talk about them all the time. Okay, let's jump into the NFT collection. I'm interested in learning what was your favorite part about creating your own NFTs and what was the biggest challenge? Oh my God. I would say that there wasn't much favorite part because it was all challenge. <laughs> it was, it was, it was really, really difficult. Um, there, I, there wasn't, you know, because I, at the time when I started doing it, you know, I'm one of those people who likes to learn by doing, and I don't mind not being perfect. Uh, you know, I, I always say prolific over perfect is better. Um, and, um, yeah, there are many things that if I knew before I started, um, I would have done differently, uh, but, um, uh, but I did it, you know. And um, so essentially uh, the NFT collection is based on a picture of me when I was in a band. Um, the first collection is uh, all female. 
and then the second like i said the second collection is going to be allies and and you know men um and uh i would say the hardest part was of course the creation of the art and everything was fine but the the hardest part was like i there were many technical things that i didn't know until we got uh you know once i started you know paying for it and, and learning uh through working with our um uh, developer like for example we minted everything first to my wallet because we wanted to have the opportunity to then airdrop it to our members as they you know like do contests and and also as they upgrade their membership etc and in retrospect i wish i hadn't done that because uh the airdrop you know one one by one airdrop it ended up being so expensive that i was like this is just uh, prohibitive like it's gonna like basically it would cost me potentially like uh almost like a hundred or so eth to to do that like it it would be and then there were times where you know the network was so congested there were times that like i was paying very very high uh, fees to just airdrop it to people so so there was a lot of technical stuff it was really really um uh, challenging, you know, to, uh, and then, so now we are, we're creating a new, uh, smart contract and we are giving access to that contract so that, you know, to my wallet. So, and then we are going to have an official drop. So it's kind of like, I wish I had just done that from the start. Right. And so like, it, it's a lot of extra things that, you know, it's because this space is so new. People don't know, like, I think even maybe our, uh, smart contract developer didn't anticipate how hard it was going to be. It, it, being nimble, being flexible, under being willing to learn. I think prolific over perfect is such a good quote for the space. And lose money. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. It, do, it does cost money. That The ETH layer one solution when it comes to trying to pay gas to move NFTs around is definitely something that, that can be a challenge and, and definitely financially difficult to overcome at times. But yes, learning through trying to understand all of those things is incredibly important. Excited to take a look at the new uh, contract and the the new NFTs that that come out from from the collection. Um, I only have one one question left. As someone who was in a band, we just found out. As someone who is an author, um, someone who's building their own company, um, I, I just want to know what what is your biggest piece of advice for me. Uh, someone who has just recently kind of jumped headfirst into uh, my first startup experience. Honestly, I would say like probably the most important part is having an amazing team and being very transparent with them. And if you are being super transparent and uh, they can't take whatever it is that, you know, the challenges that you are facing, you know, like being able as a leader to make yourself vulnerable, to say, look, this is what it takes. We are all in the same boat together. So what I've done with pretty much everybody in our team has got um, equity in the company, you know, and uh, I'm very, very open with them exactly how much investment we are receiving, exactly how much money we are making, exactly where we are facing challenges. And, uh, you know, uh, when when the challenges come, uh, if the people who can be with you when you are facing challenges, then they will also be with you when, you know, when things are good and they deserve to be there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like I've been incredibly lucky. I've had a very, very, very good team, but also being able to just let go of people who don't fit. You know, you know, I, I just think that the culture uh, of the founder is so important. You know, I, um, I as much as I love decentralization, uh, there are times that I think you can't 
necessarily run a company with you know like with lots of uh, different opinions right so having a little bit of centralization but being able to um, be transparent with the team and say look yes i am leading this but we are all in this together your opinion your you know um, thoughts do matter um that makes a really good leader and uh and, and like making people feel like they are part of it giving them uh, you know actual equity uh, so that they they truly are part of it but at the same time you know uh, having a culture of you know being able to transparently share um the challenges uh you know and, and the opportunities I really appreciated your thoughts, your insights, and just being on the podcast with me today. Tell everyone where do they find more information about yourself and about Fempeak? Sure. Yeah. So the platform is called fempeak.ai. Uh, to find me, Somi Ariane, that's S O M I A R I A N, on all platforms, it's always at Somi Ariane. I'm pretty much everywhere. The NFT space will grow. Blockchain technology will be adopted by the masses. The current state of the technology may likely not be the use case that brings in millions of users, but many people, much smarter than I, are very bullish on the overarching opportunity. That said, there are valid concerns about the lack of diversity within Web3. Somi is working to bring people together from different backgrounds and different perspectives under one platform. And we want to help and support in any way that we can. I'm proud to partner with Somi, who was kind enough to offer OTM listeners a 15% discount to fempeak.ai using promo code OTM15 when signing up. She offered OTM a 15% kickback, and we're happy to inform you that any proceeds we earn from this promo code will be donated to the Girls Who Code Foundation. Bringing better diversity to Web3 is a win-win for all. Truly a rising tide that raises all ships, enabling all of us to move forward in ways that we can't imagine. I want to say thank you to Somi for chatting with us today and for your partnership. Follow me on Twitter at The Real Coop and let me know who else we should try to get on the show. And maybe you know by now, but never forget, that there is a lot of life to live both inside and outside of the NFT space. So no matter what happens, just keep on living and I'll talk to you next week.